Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. This podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. I've got all the gentlemen with me today. Guys, would you say hello? Yeah, this is Rob Spikes, Pastor of Discipleship. Kevin Kenora, Pastoral Assistant. Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director. All right. Well, I don't know if you can tell already, but we have got some uh, new equipment in the podcast studio today. We yes. got some new mics and we've got a, a, a producer trying to mix some things for us and help us out. And so hopefully we sound a little better. But if we still have our annoying, uh, you know, habits and ticks and everything else, then we're just going to bug you and annoy you with greater quality. <laughs> I guess it's just going to be more intense. Oh, the smacking and the- <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're trying to we're trying to get better. So hopefully this podcast sounds a little better, and uh, we appreciate you guys staying with us. Um, what I want to do today on the podcast is kind of continue with the theme that we've had the past couple, and it's kind of just going deeper behind the sermon or beyond the sermon. Last week, we, we talked about uh, biblical masculinity and then biblical femininity. Mm-hmm. And today, I want to talk about what it looks like when those two things come together. What does it look like in the home? So this is kind of like the Christian home, yeah. right? Where masculinity and femininity are meant to come together and coalesce. It, it's meant to create a certain culture in the home. And the analogy that we've been using uh, the past couple of weeks in the sermons was the analogy of the wings of a bird. The femininity is like the wings of a bird. And you think of the, you could think of the, the ma- masculinity being the head or the eyes and, you know, this kind of thing. And, and the woman is the glory of man. And what does it look? So what does it look like for a man to be a godly man and then woman to be the glory of man? And how do these things coalesce and, and work together in the home? And, uh, Obviously, we see right from the very beginning that God creates the male and female, puts them together. We see this first marriage ceremony, and God tells them, be fruitful and multiply. And then before they have children, there in comes the devil, in comes the fall, and we've got uh, terrible consequences to us relationally, to us uh, spiritually. And, of course, the some of those consequences are going to affect our families or our homes. Right. Right. But Jesus promises in, uh, or Jesus promises, God promises in in, uh, Genesis 3 that he's going to send the snake crusher who will, um, you know, crush the head of Satan and basically destroy the work of the devil. And we know that's Jesus who's who's meant to redeem us. Mm -hmm. And Jesus redeems not just our soul, but our bodies, and not just us as people, but Jesus comes to redeem everything. And that includes our masculinity and femininity. And that also includes our family. That includes our home. And so another way to say that, a a, a way to say that principally is the grace of God restores what was fallen, what was fallen in nature. So the way God built us in creation, yes, we're fallen, but grace restores us back to that. Okay. So God's original intention for the family, for the home, Jesus restores us back into that. Even though sins affected it, he, he restores it, us back into that image. Yeah. And so there's lots of different pictures of this, but one of the places I want to go is Psalm 127 and Psalm 128. So Psalm 128, you, will you read it for us, Rob? Yeah, Psalm 128, one of the songs of ascents. 
Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands, and you shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house, and your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion, and may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life, and may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. All right. So this psalm shows us the glory of man, and it shows us also the glory of woman. All right. So let's go through it a little bit at a time here. Blessed, or blessed, as Rob like Rob says, <laughs> yep. blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. And this idea is um, to be highly favored by God. Mm-hmm. To The way that we've been saying around here is this, is this is human flourishing. This is the life that sings. Mm-hmm. This, is the, this is the wings of a bird. This is the, you know, the, the, uh, the marriage or the family that, that soars. That's what it means to be blessed. It means to be doing what you're created to do and to be enjoying, to know God and to be enjoying the blessings that come with knowing God and doing what you were created to do. Mm -hmm. So as a boomerang is thrown out, you see its glory as it returns, Mm -hmm. right? So when men and women are operating together with their masculinity and femininity in a covenant home, that's that's a, a relationship that is blessed, Yep. Okay. And and bl- this word blessed or blessed is used four different times in these six verses. Yes. Mm. So he- here's some of these blessings that we're meant to walk in. You shall eat of the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed and it shall be well with you. So what are men were created to do? Men were created to work and keep the garden, right? To go out and produce and, and, and go out into the world and accomplish things, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... God built us to go do that, and he put us in a world that rewards that type of labor. Mm. So when we go out and when we, we work and we do a good job and we do it in line with wisdom, in line with the way God built the world, it brings return, okay? Mm. So if you plant correctly, you water correctly, you, you husband the ground correctly, and, and barring any storms and things like that, that's going to produce a harvest for you. And then you go out and you harvest that, and that's, you're going to bring that in, and you're going to have a bountiful harvest. Mm-hmm. And then, we, we already know, that you bring that in, and we talked about femininity, and the wife's going to take that, and she's going to turn that into wine, or turn that into grape juice, or turn that into whatever she wants to turn it into, yeah, right? right? But this, this promises us the hardworking man is meant to go out there and, cr- and make a living and part of the blessed life is that you're going to eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. Mm-hmm. And the opposite is true, too. If you're a lazy man, the Bible says that the, the man that doesn't provide for his household is worse than an unbeliever. Yeah. Right? So he's not blessed. He's not blessed. And his family won't be blessed because he's not doing what he's been called to do. Mm-hmm. So right away we see here, they're going to eat of the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed and shall be well with you. Now, I think it also, I'm not sure if you're going to go back to that, who fears the Lord yeah, piece yeah. of it, but that it, it is certainly helping us to understand what does it mean to fear the Lord? What it means to fear the Lord is, is to, to come under his authority, to recognize him as the one who is the authority giver, the one who gives us principles that if we live by those principles, blessedness comes or being blessed comes. And we see this, as you were saying this, just takes me right back to the Proverbs. The Proverbs have all these statements of truth that if we do these things, good things will happen. Or if we don't do these things, bad things will happen. We won't be blessed. And those who 
recognize the authority of God in their life, that's the one who fears the Lord, who says, I, I, will, I will obey you because you are the Lord. You are the creator. You're the one who's, you're the designer yeah. of a flourishing life. So I need to live my life in line with that. That seems to be helping us understand what fear of the Lord is. Yeah, it, we could say it's the opposite of autonomous thinking. Yes. Where autonomous thinking says, I'm here and I can do what I want with my life with creation with and and I expect good results. The opposite of that is to fear the Lord, to be aware of the creator and to be learning from him and to be to know that our life is dependent upon his and if we don't do things his way, then we won't flourish. Right. Right? So, yes, of course. <clears throat> so, here's the idea. This is the Christian home. The, the father fears the Lord, or both of them. It says everyone who fears the Lord will be blessed. So the mother and father fear the Lord. They've put Jesus and God at the center of, of the whole home. The husband is out working, making a living, um, working hard, and enjoying the fruit of his labor. So this is, there's a balance in evangelicalism. Some Christians believe that Christianity should be austere, and kind of cold and kind of just rule oriented mm -hmm. and you push away from the good things of life. You push away from alcohol. You push away from anything that's going to make you too happy almost, you, you, <laughs> or you treat money as something to be really, really afraid of. Yeah. We know that the love of money is the root of all evil, but many people turn that into money right. is the root of all evil. Right. And so they, they push away from, uh, they even take vows of poverty and things like that. Mm. And they just don't enjoy the good things of life. Okay? But then on the other side, we have the prosperity gospel that basically turns money into God, and they use God in order to get money. Yeah. right? And so when they hear, the blessed is the man, they think, oh, I'm going to be driving a Cadillac, and I'm going to have this size of house, and this kind of car, and all, all these different things. Well, the truth is, being blessed is intent. Those two things are kind of intention. If you work hard... Lord willing, let's just say it like that. If you work hard, Lord willing, there will be a good return on your labor. Mm -hmm. That's what normally happens. And when I was in seminary, they called this the redemption and lift principle. Mm -hmm. That every society that has embraced Christianity, as more and more people embrace Christianity, that society has risen in prominence mm -hmm. because of the ethical values Christianity espouses, the, the frugality, the um, hard work, all of these different things that Christianity teaches as more and more people embrace those, it lifts them up out of poverty. Like, it, that's, that's just what happens. That's, that's normative. But we also know that sometimes when you become a Christian, you can be killed for your faith, right? Jesus said to take up your cross and follow me. So sometimes there, it will be that it, it won't be a net positive to follow Jesus. You won't get the raise or get the thing because you're in a, a, a country that's hostile to Christianity. So both of these things can be possibly true, that we have to take up our cross and follow him, and sometimes it's going to be really difficult, and we're going to have to rejoice over meager meals and stuff, and sometimes we're going to be so blessed we don't know what to do with. Right. And the secret is, like Paul says, I've learned to be content in much or in little, right? That's the secret. That's the, the tension. Whether, whether the rain destroys all my harvest or whether... You know, I've got the biggest harvest I've ever had in my life, right. and i got more money than I know what to do with. Mm -hmm. Paul says, I've learned to be content mm -hmm. in, in all things. Yeah. Okay? So when we hear this word blessed, that's what, it's, that's what it's talking about. All right? Yes, 
tangible blessing mm. a lot of the times, but not guaranteed and not, and not all the time. Right. Okay. The way I'm going to say it on Sunday is some of the blessings in this life are the appetizer and eternal life with God mm. is the, is the entree. Mm. Okay. So every Christian will enjoy the entree. Right. Some Christians will enjoy the appetizer and the entree. Yeah. Okay. And so, and I, and I think, but it's, I think it should be for the most part, it's should be normative for us to enjoy good things from God. Mm-hmm. Okay. At least in some moderation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So here's, here's where he gets into, um, the wife. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Now, Rob, that, so it's important when we, when we we're starting to read Psalms that you think this is poetry, mm-hmm. right? So some of us, it's, it's hard for me sometimes to interpret Psalms because yeah. I don't oh, yeah. think I'm not very good with poetry, right? But here your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. We've been talking about masculinity and femininity and Rob, one of the things you said about femininity is, well, Eve is the mother of all living mm-hmm. that femininity the essence of femininity is is life giving. Yes. Right? Right. So just think of this idea, the man builds the house. Right? You talk about your house. The man builds the house. What is the house? The house is a place of safety. It's a place of protection from the elements. Mm-hmm. It's putting up four walls that say this is like this belongs to us, mm-hmm. right? This is our home. This is our domain. This is our tribe. These are our people. I'm responsible for these people. And so I want to keep them safe. And so the man builds the house and you've got here in the Psalm, the man out working, providing, and then providing the house. And now you have the wife, your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. So again, here we have that life, life giver. Mm-hmm. Like she is, the man is providing the structure and the protection and she is the one inside of it bringing life. Yes. Yeah. Which I think, I just think is a a cool analogy Yeah. to to say it very, uh, you know, simply not, (laughs) and not very articulate. When you were saying on Sunday, Rob, about women bring, you know, women bring beauty into the spaces that they enter or something like that. Yeah, right. And, and then being life givers. Mm-hmm. I immediately thought of, so when I, and every, every bachelor pad I've ever been to and, and my own before my wife, I, there was nothing living in my house other than me. Yeah, and maybe so some true. like bacteria in the bathroom or something. Yeah. You know? uh, right. But now I, there's probably 40 plants in my house. Right. Literally mm-hmm. there's 40 plants in my house. Yeah. Cactuses and all kind of, <laughs> succulents and all, all kind of different things. And it just a, it's a visual picture of what a, one thing that a wife does, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Is she is the life giver who's bringing beauty and life to the home. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we talked about the home, but what does it look like for like bringing the beauty into her husband and the kids? Yeah, I, I, I when I was thinking about this and preaching on on this, and I think he even said it in the message that for us men, we're great at we're great at giving principles and guidelines and making uh, truth known in kind of just very straightforward statements. Women bring in the 
the beauty of it in the, in a way that makes those things really appetizing, really, really good. Um, and, and so I, again, on Sunday, I, I said, I, I'm great at making Pharisees <laughs> and that mm-hmm. meaning that I can, I can tell my kids what, what's true and I can tell them how to act. Yeah. Yeah. But it's my wife who seems to know how to make that truth and that acting really appealing and, and wonderful. And it's, Oh, in lots of different ways, and I'm not think I don't even think I'm answering your question just yet. You can maybe have to re-ask that question, but I, I just think about in the fact that um, she knows how to reward my children in such a way that they understand. Boy, it's good to obey. You know, yeah. it's good. It tastes good to obey, mm-hmm. or it feels good to obey, or it looks good to obey. I, you know, um, I just want them to obey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there's even with that, there's some traits with women that I mean, listening, right? They're really good with listening and um, celebrating well with their kids from yeah. time to time when the husband may be at work and different things like that. So I was kind of going in towards that direction to yeah. see what that would look like. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, that goes back to you're absolutely right. I, I don't know how many times my wife has suggested we we celebrate something that I'm like, oh, that makes total sense. We got it done, but I didn't think about actually celebrating that we got it done and yeah. helping my family and my children to, to mm-hmm. celebrate. And again, that I think goes back into the whole beauty issue mm. uh, that she, she makes something that I think needs to get done. It gets done and she makes it a, a wonderful end, you know, mm-hmm. makes it celebratory. And as a result, then it becomes a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it becomes memorable. It becomes really memorable to my, to our family. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the the word that I want to use is just is flourishing. <clears throat> that it's more it's the home is meant to be more than just utilitarian. Right. So the home is meant to be more than just a place where we all sleep. It's meant to be a place of joy, it's meant to be a place of flourishing, it's meant to be a place of relationships and the and women are amazing at that. They're, they're taken from the side of man, right? So they're, they're, they're more relationally oriented. So in one sense, the man is responsible that this all happens in the home and he's responsible and the one who's supposed to lead it out. And he's supposed to provide, you know, literally like provide the home where it can happen. But the wife is the one who is, is growing like a vine in the middle of it. So she's, she is the life giver. She's mm-hmm. the one that's going to be attuned to all of the people's needs mm-hmm. and what yep. they need, mm-hmm. right? And she's going to be saying things like, hey, have you checked in on Johnny today? Mm-hmm. What do you mean, have I checked in on Johnny? <laughs> because right. da- dad's like... Did he not show up today? <laughs> yeah. Well, dad's thinking like, I, dad's probably, he's thinking about work, he's thinking yep. about this. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she's going to say, well, I don't know, he just looked upset. Oh, I, I didn't know. Never paid attention. I to didn't that. notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And so then dad goes and checks in on Johnny and finds out Johnny got broken up with, or Johnny had mm-hmm. a bad day, or Johnny had this. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he he is the leader, but she's going to be more relationally tuned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's the life giver. Okay. And so that's one of the ways that she's going to help him uh, be a better leader in the home. All right. Now we go to this is this is interesting here. So your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. So men, it's our job to provide the structure. Think about that. Think about like a a plant, like a tomato plant. Mm -hmm. A tomato plant, you have to put structure around it because as it grows up and it produces fruit, that fruit becomes so heavy 
that it can't support itself. So it needs something to cling to. It needs something to support it. That's what men do in the home. We provide the structure that our wife can grow and minister and flourish, and we help support her. We help support that weight. Yeah. Right? Mm. The the, the fruit that she's going to bear, we help support that that weight. Mm -hmm. Okay? So your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. This is a blessing from God here. The family, the man that's blessed, this is what it looks like. He's got a wife that's growing. She's spiritually flourishing, emotionally flourishing. Uh, she's productive in the home, and we're doing our best to support her. And then this is, this is the natural outworking of that. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Now, this is interesting. As an olive tree grows up, it drops seeds it drops seedlings just like any tree right it drops seeds and then what naturally happens is those seeds go into the ground and and here's what's interesting they're they're meant to grow most of them don't with any tree most of them don't grow why they don't grow because the big tree is still there and it's it now the, all those seedlings are in the shade and so they 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 just don't grow because that big tree is still growing but here's here's what happens when that big tree dies, mm -hmm. that circle, think of the shade under that tree, has been planted with a hundred seeds. Right. And when that, if that big tree were to get hit by, hit by lightning and die, now all of those seeds that are in the, in the shade there, they all begin to shoot up. And you have ten trees growing up where, the, where that one tree mm. used to be. Mm. All right? That's, this is the picture. That the blessed home... With a biblically feminine and a biblically masculine, biblical feminine woman and a biblically masculine man come together and they create this environment of structure and life giving where they produce children and these children now kind of shoots, uh, think of these little trees around your table. I love the, I love yeah. the picture of it. Yeah, little trees around your table that when you die, they're going on, they're going to, they're going to live on and push your legacy forward. Mm -hmm. Psalm 127 says specifically of this, says, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. Heritage, were, that, that means an inheritance. Children are an, an a, a inheritance from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. What does that mean? That means God gives us our children, and our children are a part of the blessing. They are a blessing from God, given to us by God, and we are to enjoy our children, and then we're also to enjoy what our children can give us, which is the, the legacy, that they're going to continue to move the mission forward. Mm -hmm. It says this. I like this. I love this verse. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. <clears throat> he shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies at the gate. What this is, this, it's saying almost the same thing that Psalm 128 is saying. He's saying, blessed is the man whose quiver is filled with them. And the other one, it said, blessed is the man who's got olive oh, shoots geez. all the way around his table. Yeah. And... He says, he shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies at the gate. In other words, his children are behind him and they are, they are a support to him 
when he's when he's dealing with his enemies at the gate. Yeah. He's got a tribe behind him. Right. He's got a group of men that honor him, that respect him, that have his back yeah. when he goes to business or he goes to talk with these enemies behind the gate. So it's this picture of a blessed and fruitful life mm-hmm. that is from the Lord, and yet it's kind of, it's like natural. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be natural, just like a tree grows up and drops seeds, and those seeds would grow up in, in place. That's what, that's, what we're, we're, that's what the blessed home is supposed to look like. Yeah. So a lot of times what we, just sitting here thinking about it, what I, what I see is people either making their children the center of the home, and therefore kind of an idol, or going the opposite way and seeing their children as, as a nuisance. Um, so looking at this and thinking about, okay, man builds the home, woman provides life to the home. How would you describe the role of children in the home? The role of children in the home is to obviously honor your father and mother mm-hmm. so that it will go well with you. Like right. that's, mm-hmm. that's the promise, right? But so the, the idea of the home, and I've used this before, masculinity, femininity coming together to create a fruitful garden. Mm-hmm. That's the home. The man provides the structure around the, you have to have a fence around that garden right. or all kinds of critters will get in there. Mm-hmm. Our job is to create the, the fruitful envi- environment and the kids are meant to grow up and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's the good part about being a kid. They're meant to just go play. They're meant to be creative. They're meant to honor their father and mother, but just enjoy the blessing that, that parents are giving them. Yeah. Now, what they don't realize is while they're living, while they're playing, while they're enjoying, they're also learning how to be either biblically feminine or biblically masculine. Sure. And they're being trained. They don't know it necessarily. Right. They're being trained as dragon slayers. Yeah. This is the environment that God wants to train dragon slayers. He wants to teach them in this safe environment where the father keeps the protection and provides and the woman is the life giver. This is the environment that men are meant to be learn how to be men and women are meant to learn how to be women. Now, I say all that because now you realize why the devil attacks the family so much. Mm. Right? What if you don't have a father in the home? Yeah. yeah. No structure, no protection. Yeah. I mean, very little. Or, or the, the woman is having to do double duty, and, and she's not equipped for that double duty, mm-hmm. and yet she's got to. You yeah. know? So we see a lot of noble women, right. single women, who are having to do and if it's a young man, And if it's a young man in that home, how is he going to lo- learn masculinity? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. He has no model. Mm-hmm. His grandpa might be okay or he might have a coach or whatever but he's not seeing it in real life flesh and blood he's not seeing the dad provide and protect and provide that structure right and he's and he's watching mom probably worn out doing the best that she can but one person can't do the job of two and and a woman can never do can never be a man and a man can never be a woman whatever side of that thing that falls on right so the way you kind of frame that up with the with the whole structure in the garden there's there's a lot that happens inside the garden and um, for the woman that's like, hey, uh, I'm still like I'm doing a lot of work because a man could just build a structure and leave. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the midst of that, of them doing all that within the garden, that could seem like a heavy load. Mm-hmm. Um, is it just for the man just to sit there and just build the structure and be done? or What's What that does the like? word husband mean? 
yeah, we don't use that word in in this in these terms very often, unless you're probably a vet, a veterinarian. But yeah, it's it, the husband husbandry is they're the ones that are cultivating. They're the ones that are doing a lot of the hard work to make sure that these mm-hmm. these these plants are are growing and and mm-hmm. flourishing. So I think when we hear that, when you, I, I know where your question's coming from. When you hear the word structure, you you think of almost a uh, one-time deal. Yeah. Got her done. Now <laughs> I'm going to sit back and. <laughs> I built the yeah. home. Now I get to sit in the lazy. Yeah, exactly. Lazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this is this is active work. Mm-hmm. This is work that is that we are as men are to be cre- continually creating new structures, if you will, mm-hmm. as they are growing. That's good. You know, in. In who they so, so they're going to be growing age wise, they're maturing, you know, generally. But then every child is different. So you're having to create, you're having to know your children well enough that you are giving them the proper structures that is appropriate for that particular child. Mm-hmm. So it is a it's yeah. a daily work. Uh, yeah. So we're not saying the only thing the father does is provide the structure. Mm. He he must provide the structure, but he also must do the work of husbandry, which yeah. is pruning. Caring for, watering, making sure that when we say provide, that's what we mean. So uh, many years ago, good. My, na- my neighbor had a, an apple tree and it got decent apples and my kids would always go out there and get apples from it and all this kind of stuff. And then one time she hired a, um, an arborist to come in and he's basically a husbandman he, to come in and he basically cut the top off this tree and just... I came out and I was like, oh my goodness, he ruined this tree. He ruined this tree. Mm -hmm. And it was, I can't remember exactly when it was, but I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he just hacked that tree to death. And then (laughs) the next year, that tree produced so much fruit. Like the, 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 the limbs were literally like hanging on the ground. It produced so much, it produced Mm -hmm. so much fruit. So he knew not only what it's not only like what kind of structure must I provide. He knew no. I this is it. This part's got to be cut off. Yeah, I gotta I gotta limit some things. Mm-hmm. I gotta cut this part off and prune this part, and that will actually make things more productive. That's good. Yeah. So a husband is also pruning, and and we're we're called to wash our wives with the water of the word. Mm-hmm. That's that's of course um, being a sanctifying presence. In the, in the life of our wife and reminding her of the word of God and, and wanting, you know, to remind her of identity in Christ and all, all the things that the gospel teaches. But it's also, we're, we're to be pruners. We're to, we're to be the, sometimes we're going to, men are going to have to be the ones that say, honey, I don't think you should do that anymore. Mm. I don't, I think your relationship maybe with your own mom is getting unhealthy. Yeah. And I think you need to pull back yeah. from mm-hmm. that. I, I don't think that's healthy anymore. I don't think that person, that relationship with that person is healthy we're not saying we're not controlling and saying you can't do this or can't do that, but we're pruning. We're, yeah, we're saying, uh, uh, like you, I can see this from my perspective, yeah. and I want you to flourish, and this is preventing your your flourishing. Yeah. And so the husband, the husband is meant to be the one that does that. Yeah, I think I'm not sure if we answered all your questions there, Kevin. In one sense, I think we've really definitely answered the question of we see. You had said, well, what about a family that might see their children as kind of a nuisance? Mm-hmm. I think we've pretty strongly. Spoken into that, that they're actually these these are these are arrows that are going to be going out, and so we are and we're responsible as husbands ultimately for their spiritual you know health and, mm-hmm. and growing and, and cultivating. Kind of going back to within Alex, what you were asking. The other side of the question was was that what about 
children who become, I think the analogy center. or the picture you're taking is become what the center yeah. of the of the home, and that's not right either. In other words, they're they're not there's I, you know I love the picture of the children like you were saying Justin around the table. You know that's that's the shoots, but they're not sitting on top of the table, and it's all about the children. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's the question we still haven't answered: is how do we? Where's that balance? Or it's not it's not a balance. So <clears throat> the the question's already been answered. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord mm, and walks good. in His way. Yeah. So that fear is a reverence and awe. That is the centering reality. There you go. Yeah. If I fear my children fear their disapproval, fear their whatever, then I'm worshiping my children. Yep. Now, I think in our day and age, I actually think, I don't think too many of us idolize our children. We love our children, but I don't think too many of us, too many of us do. I, I think we idolize our freedom, we idolize our comfort, we idolize wealth a lot more than, than we think. Um, I, I, and I, I, you know, that's my, that's my opinion. I think many of us do go off uh, what was the other one? The, so we we can nuisance. Yeah, the nuisance. Yeah. Yeah. I think in our culture today, by and large, that is the predominant mm. understanding of children. That children are a nuisance, and they get in the way. And that's why so many young men don't want to have anything to do with marriage. They don't want to have anything to do with family. That's why we we have almost a million abortions a year. Mm. Um, that we view children as as a nuisance. What about the drive that we seem to have with children having to be in every activity under the sun? Is that a drive towards putting them to the center of our lives versus being a nuisance? And that might be just a subset of our culture that that yeah. we, you know that we would be yeah. discussing. Yeah, I think about. that's. I mean, that's always a problem. I think it's always a problem. Of, uh, I mean it, that. You never know what what is what's I mean, driving what's that. driving that. Yeah, yeah. If I desire my ch- child to be great, right? I think many pe- parents we have this American excellence idea. We want to push our kids to be great. Mm-hmm. So if they're going to be a part of a sport or whatever, we want them to be on the best team. We want them to do the, do the greatest, and we do want our kids to be to do their best to the glory of God. So I think many so some parents they're they're pushing their children in sports, not because they're idolizing their children, but just because they idolize success. Oh, sure. They're just idolizing success. Um, Yeah, but I mean, I'm not saying that idolizing your children isn't a problem. It is. Like, that's a problem. I just, when you look at our culture... Culture overall. Overall. Yes. We're we're idolizing our own personal freedom way more. And, And look... Even like the boomers that are retiring right now and everything, many of them, they're moving away from their families to retire. They're moving, you know, mm-hmm. going to spend. So if we idolized our children, then we'd be wanting to be around them all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And many of them are just moving away and they're wanting to travel or wanting to do all these different mm-hmm. things. And so, no, I think we, I still think we're idolizing personal freedom more than we idolize the family. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So your children will be like olive shoots around your table. So these living, things in your home. Your wife is the life giver. You guys have produced children. They're, they're flourishing in your home. You're providing for them. You're protecting them. You're, you are the husbandman that, that walks through there, um, giving them what they need, mm-hmm. being aware of them, listening to your wife. And then it says this, behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. So he says it again. 
who fears the Lord. Mm. So men and women, this should be our aim. We should ask God for this. Children are a blessing from the Lord. This godly home is one of the greatest blessings in life, and we should want it. We should desire it. We should work our whole life for it. But that also says, too, if, if you don't fear the Lord, this this won't work. It's going to be hard for it to work mm-hmm. because you're living out of um, not fearing the Lord but fearing something else. Not only won't it work, so, uh, will you read Psalm 127? I think it's verse 1. Maybe it might be 1 and 2, but it's... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. And unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in So. Vain. That's the idea. If you were, if you want kids because you want to worship kids, well, unless the Lord builds the house, yeah. those who labor labor in vain. For sure, right? So you're going to lose. If you're if you're idolizing your children, you're going to probably lose the the appetizer and and the entree. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> because you're not going to get to heaven and experience eternal life with them. But if you give your children, you give your family back to the Lord. If you fear the Lord, yeah. then the Lord builds the house. When you look at it. God loves them more than you do. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's the good news, right? So you don't have to idolize them because God's still in control yeah. and has his hand in them. So the psalm finishes this way. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace upon all Israel. May you see your children's children. So here we see a multi-generational legacy. Mm. Like that is the life, this is the life we want. This is the, the blessed life, life from the Lord. And God wants to give it to us, yeah. many of us. Do we want it and do we call it good and do we ask the Lord for it? Now, and, and when we receive it, we should rejoice in it, be thankful and, and enjoy it, Yeah. right? And I think this is, this is the appetizer. It's meant to be enjoyable. It's meant to be good. But of course, yeah, it's not the main, it's not the entree. The entree is eternal life with God and new heavens and new earth, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But we should be pursuing it and building it and working for it yeah. in our day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. So so what do we say to the people that are like, man, I, I keep trying this, but I keep struggling it, and I just feel like I, I continue to fail in this. What do we say to those people? Yeah, that's part of the process. Mm. That's part of the process is we are sinners who continue to sin. And the, thankfully, the Lord has given us, um, he's given us prescriptions for that. Yeah. And the prescriptions for that is confession mm-hmm. and repentance. You know, it's the gospel of grace. So we know ladies, so ladies are, are called to be life givers. And yet, Proverbs talks about the foolish woman who tears down her own house. Mm. We know that the sin of gossip, so women are, they say, I don't, you know, women statistically talk more than men. Mm-hmm. They're, they're more communicative. Yeah. And so, but when that goes sinful, that mean, that turns to gossip and cutting down her husband and, and critiquing her children and being critical in nature. And so think about, Feminine sins are sins that tear down her home. So we, the, the, the tongue is powerful. It gives life, and it also can bring death, mm. right? So when a woman, when a woman um, 
is walking in the flesh or when a woman is sinning, she's doing the opposite of what God created her to do, which was to give life. Mm. She's actually, she can be emasculating her husband. She can be dishonoring her husband. She can be uh, cutting down her children. She can just be uh, argumentative and quarrelsome. The Bible talks a lot about uh, not to be a quarrelsome woman. So these are areas that she's got to be doing what? She's got to be confessing her sins. She's got to be repenting of her sin. Her husband, when he sees it, he's got to gently say, honey, do you realize you're doing this? And lead her towards repentance. And how are, how are, how are men going to fail? Men are going to fail usually in a, many different ways, but they're going to they fail by being lazy, by inattentive, being inattentive, by being, getting uh, so focused in their careers or in their hobbies yeah. or in their own self that they're not aware and they're not taking care of their wife. They're not aware that she needs time. She needs um, positive words of affirmation. She needs quality time. She needs affection. And so they, they stop treating her like a living thing mm. and they treat her like a, like, you know, a robot or something. Right. So they, they're not attentive to her needs. Men sin by becoming too aggressive or domineering or controlling, right? They can, they can of course do that being, being abusive. Um, we, these are ways that we sin. So how, how are we to move forward? We're to move forward through seeing our sin, hating our sin, confessing our sin and repenting of our sin. Yeah. That's the prescription that God, that's God, that God's given us to move forward. And the home, the godly home that, that keeps short accounts like that. So you don't have to wait two weeks for dad to repent. Mm. Mom doesn't have to storm out of the house and leave for a week or leave for a weekend before she repents. That dad loses his temper and five minutes later he repents. Yeah. That's a conducive environment for those olive shoots to grow up. Mm. But if there is no repentance, then the, the, the olive shoots, they will be, their, their growth will be stagnated in some way. Mm-hmm. They will be, and that this is why, you know, Satan has attacked the family and you've got, we already talked about a family with a broken home, but you, if you have an abusive father, if you have a, if you have an abusive mother, if you have all the ways that the family has been attacked, that's going to affect that, those students, those, those children yeah. in the home. And one of the ways it can affect them is they're now afraid to ever get married. They're now afraid to have a family of their own mm-hmm. because in a lot of ways you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Right? You only know what you grew up with. You've never lived with another family for a long period of time, more than likely. So you don't know. The way that I learned to handle conflict was actually totally inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Right? You just, you just don't know that. Mm-hmm. Like, I just thought dad just shut up and stopped talking for a week. That's how you handle conflict. Yeah. Or I just thought dad flew off the handle and went crazy and everybody said how much they hated each other and then five minutes later they're fine. <laughs> You're like, and when, and then. A lot of times if you get married and they come from a different background, mm-hmm. right? You start flying off the handle, he takes off. Yeah. Mm. Or vice versa or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? So the way forward is to keep short accounts, to confess our sins, to repent, to hate our sins, and, and, uh, and to ref- reform ourselves, continu- reformed and always reforming according to the word of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Yeah. What's the... Uh, did you, Jude, you were looking at Psalm 128, that verse 5, talking about Zion and talking about the prosperity of Jerusalem. How does that fit within within this? Did you yeah. s- see the relationship? <clears throat> yeah. 
the other thing is the olives. Olives have a very symbolic uh, sure. meaning throughout Scripture as well. Um, but the the righteous. So we know there's two types of people on this planet, and we and uh, Augustine called it like this: the city of God and the city of man. And Jerusalem is was a, a real real time city of city of God, yeah. and that's that's what it's talking about there. It says, the Lord bless you from Zion. <clears throat> that's basically his holy hill. And may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. So the way that we would say it now is, may you see the prosperity of God's people or mm. the city of God mm. all the days of your life. So yeah. I want you, and this is so beneficial. I want you to see the church flourish. I want you to see the city of God, the kingdom of God flourish. Now, how? why would he put that in here? Because it begins in the family. Right. Mm-hmm. The family is the most foundational uh, institution on earth. Yeah. God didn't put them in the garden and create a church. Right. God didn't put them in the garden and create a, 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 a city or a state or a nation or a tribe. God put them in the garden and created a family. Mm-hmm. The family is the primary institution on earth. And so, again, the devil knows this, so that's why he attacks the family. If he can, if he can destroy the family, he can destroy the city, and he can destroy the nation, and he can, you know destroy the continent or the, or the kingdom or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So he's saying, I want you to live the blessed life. The psalmist is saying, I, I want you to sing this. When you're thinking mm-hmm. about your life and what you are for, mm-hmm. you should be thinking, I'm built for the family. Yeah. I'm built to be a man of God. I'm built to be a woman of God. I'm meant to be a masculine man mm-hmm. and a godly husband. I'm meant to be a feminine female and a godly wife. And we're going to come together and under God, and we're going to fear him all of our days, and we're going to create a godly home, and we're going to raise up fruitful children, industrious children, but also, and these and these beautiful olive shoot fruitful children that are enjoying their life, and they're a blessing to me. Yeah. They're not just cute little babies. Mm-hmm. They're also arrows in the hand of a warrior. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to push back darkness. I'm going to attack the kingdom of God with my family. And as I do that, and I find a cadre of people who are doing that, AKA the church, mm-hmm. we start building the city of God on this earth. That's good. Right. And we, may we see the, the peace or the prosperity of Jerusalem, of, of the church of God's mm-hmm. kingdom, all the days of our life. Mm-hmm. And then again, may you see your children's children. We want us, we want a legacy. We want a multi-generational impact. Mm-hmm. So, um, th- this Psalm fires me up, man. Yeah, it's good, man. It fires me up for just normal Christian discipleship in the home. Yeah. The the beautiful glory of a normal Christian home. That's good. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Uh, yeah, I had just one question is so so many people like you said that have different backgrounds have grown up. I mean, this is this is a good news for, you know, people within our church that have kind of came up in the church and all, a lot of things like that, but if there's some broken homes and they're not for sure how to move forward, what does it look like for them to move forward if there's all this brokenness? Yeah. Well, I would say, again, the principle of redemption and lift. Yeah. So God wants to make us more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. He wants to mature us. He wants to make us more kind and gentle and lovely and all the things that Jesus is. And, But we, we don't all start at the same spot. Yeah. So if you had a patient, kind, godly mother and father in your home, you have a major head start. Yeah. And Jesus says to you, to whom much is given, much is required. Right. So you're meant to take that godly heritage that you received from your parents and you're meant to increase on it. Yeah. 
So that's like getting, imagine you, you, you that's like having a million dollars in the bank. Mm -hmm. Okay. You start your family with a million dollars in the bank. So your job is to increase your effectiveness and yeah. to get 10 million in the bank. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, if you had, didn't have that heritage, you start dead broke. Yeah. Or some of us, you start 10,000 in hole, in the hole, in debt. I'm broke, man. Yeah. <laughs> and the goal then is to get your children to dead even or to yeah. get your children to a million dollars in the bank yep. and to tell your children, hey, I didn't have this heritage. I didn't have this and I really missed it and I really mm -hmm. wish I did. And now I've done my best with you, though I am fallen and I have not been good and I failed you in this, this way. And I can confess that and own that to you. Now your job this is like a baton, like on the mm -hmm. track. I'm passing it off to you, mm -hmm. and now you take it fat farther than I did. Yeah, you push, good. you push the gospel out yeah. in a greater way. I want our family to have a greater effectiveness because of you. Yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I never had, I didn't have a Christian uh, education growing up. I mm -hmm. did have Christian parents, but they were uh, uh, biblically immature, mm -hmm. and they didn't really, they didn't have a great church and stuff, and so. But I'm thankful for that heritage. I still knew right from wrong, and I still knew Jesus was my Savior. Um, and now I'm trying to build on that, and now I'm seeing the importance of Christian education. So my kids are getting a Christian education from um, from kindergarten all the way all the way up as high as I, I can. And I'm I'm teaching them this is an investment, and to whom much is given, much is required. Yeah. And so what do I expect? I expect my olive shoots to fall not too far from the tree. I, yeah. I want them to stay in the Quad Cities. Yep. I want us to build a legacy here in the Quad Cities. Mm -hmm. That's th that, that's what I want. I want my kids to be behind me at the gates. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know? for sure. Yeah. I want that kind of, kind of support, right? So we have to keep... We have to keep this in mind. God is a God of covenants and covenant faithfulness to a thousand generations. And we want each generation to keep the faith mm -hmm. and to make a little more impact yeah. with the kingdom. Mm. And so wherever you start, that's the goal. Mm -hmm. The goal isn't to be like somebody else yep. who's had multi-generations of covenant faithfulness. Because they started at a different point than they you They started did, right? at a different place. They yep. started at the 50-yard line. Mm -hmm. you, started at, you started in the end zone. Yeah, right. <laughs> deep in there, <laughs> deep, deep in there, yeah. you know, all the way back. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's that's what it means. Yeah, that's what it I means. think. That's just good because I mean, if you don't know, I mean, I think it's really good for you to get this information, and then also that the church gets to come around those people and love them well and guide them and direct them in the right way that God has called them to live. So, yeah. anything else? All right. Well, hopefully this was helpful for you. Um, if you got any questions or comments? We'd love to hear your opinion. 